0: Welcome to the Nat Theo podcast, where we explore nature, the Bible, and what both of them show us about our creator God, who made this wild and wonderful world. I'm your host, Erin Lynham. I'm a certified master naturalist, Bible teacher, and author. And I am so excited to explore God's word and his created world with you. Do you have a favorite tree? Maybe it's a tree with perfect climbing branches or a fort in it, or maybe your favorite tree is one that erupts with beautiful, sweet smelling flowers in the spring or has crisp, tasty apples in the fall. One of my favorite trees from childhood was this massive tree in her backyard that had a swing on it. And I remember my brother and sister and I would climb up into that tree and jump onto the swing. And I spent so many of my childhood days playing in that tree. It's a good thing to make sure that some of the memories that you're creating right now have special trees in them. When you walk in a forest or through a park, it might not seem like the trees are up to too much. They can seem rather still and silent. But there is a whole lot going on that we might not notice. You see, trees are quite busy. Today, we are exploring the active life of trees, and here's our trail map. We'll be answering the questions, how are trees and plants different than animals and people? Do trees have friends? How do trees communicate? and finally why is it important that we choose our friends carefully you can download and print a free coloring page for this episode i'll put that link in today's show notes and if you would like a full episode activity guide that goes along with this lesson you can get that as a member of the Theo club I send out these episode activity guides with every podcast episode, and they include fun things like mazes and word searches and coloring sheets and further information on the topic we're exploring, along with discussion questions to help you dig deeper. You can join the Nat Theo Club at the link in today's show notes. I also have a free Tree Secrets devotional on my website that includes five lessons that trees teach us about God and life. You can download that free devotional and activity guide at my website in the link in today's show notes. Our big question today really is Do trees have friends? But we cannot answer that question without first finding out how trees and plants are different from animals and humans. Because, spoiler alert, trees do have friends. But because trees are very different than humans, their friendships don't look at all like our friendships do. I asked my kids what are some things they love doing with their friends, and here's how they answered. Hello, my name is Zeke, and I'm 12 years old. Zeke, what do you enjoy doing with your friends? I enjoy hiking, chatting about random stuff, playing games... I'm just hanging out with them. I'm Sir Ellis the Great and I'm 10 years old and I like hiking with my friends, camping, playing Minecraft, eating pizza, talking. What else do we do? I'm Will and I'm eight years old. What do I I like to go and play with my friends at the playground? Uh, do art and and I like to do long um, free hikes with my mom. I'm Rory and I'm five. Rory, what do you enjoy doing with your friends? Um, Going to the park with them. I like eating ice cream with them. What do you enjoy doing with your friends? You know what I have never seen a tree do? I've never seen a tree jump on a trampoline or swimming at the pool or riding bicycles with friends. You see, God created trees in a very different way than he created us. Of course, trees like us are alive. In science, if we want to know if something is alive, we look for eight specific characteristics. A few characteristics we might look for, or a few questions we might ask to see whether something is alive are these. First, does it grow and develop? Does it need energy, like food or energy from the sun? Does it move in some way? Does it use senses like sight and smell and touch and sound or taste? And does it reproduce? like having babies or making more of its own kind. Here's an example. Imagine you are holding a frog. You could ask some of these questions. Does it move? Yeah, it's probably squirming around in your hand. Does it grow and develop? Well, yes, it began as an egg and then it hatched into a tadpole and became a frog. Does it need energy? Yep, our frog friend needs to eat. So even with those three questions, we can know that the frog is alive. Now imagine you're holding a rock. Does the rock grow and develop? Nope. Does it need food or energy? No. Does it move on its own? Nope. And finally, does the rock reproduce and make baby rocks? Definitely not. So a rock is not alive. Okay. One more. Imagine you're looking at a pine tree. Does it grow and develop? Yes, it began as a seed in a pine cone. Does it move? Yes. As it grows, it stretches toward the sky and even turns its branches toward the sun to get sunlight because it also needs energy and it gets that energy from the sun in order to grow. And as it grows, It will produce more pine cones to grow into more pine trees so it does reproduce. A pine tree is certainly a living thing. But you see, although science helps us determine whether something is alive and even groups those living things into categories like plants and animals, God goes even further. God says that plants are alive in a very different way than humans and animals. You see, when God made plants, he said, let the earth produce plants. But then after that, God made animals and humans. And the words we see in the Bible are very different than the ones that he used when he created plants. So God produces plants and then he created every living thing that lives in the sea and the sky and on the earth. God created plants and then he created every living thing, including animals and humans. When God created animals and then humans, we see a different word in the Bible. It's the Hebrew word nefesh. It is a sort of life that is different from plants, and it exists only in animals and humans. It is the spirit. And so we see that humans and animals are alive in a very different and even deeper way than plants are. And as we saw on episode 12, us humans are even different from animals and that God created us with an everlasting soul and we are made in his image. Okay, that was a lot of theology. Wait, what is theology? Theology is the study of God. And what we just explored was a pretty deep theological truth that god created plants to replicate or reproduce after their own kind but they are not alive in the same way that animals and humans are and so this means that plant friendships are not the same as animal or human friendships we've probably all seen animals make friends My puppy keeps trying to make friends with our cat, but our kitty is not too fond of that idea. But maybe you've had pets that like being around each other, or you've read one of those books about unlikely animal friendships when a pig becomes friends with a horse or a monkey befriends a donkey. It's fun watching animals interact. But remember, God made us humans with eternal souls and in his image. And so our friendships are much deeper than those of animals. We can connect with our friends in a much deeper and life giving way. We'll explore that more in a few minutes. But first let's look at tree friendships, which we already know are very different from our own. You see trees don't make friends with nearby trees because they want to tell jokes or laugh or play. They really just rely on each other for survival. I once read a story written by a forester. A forester is someone who takes care of a forest. He was walking through the woods that he knew very well when he saw some rocks in a circle, and these rocks were covered with moss. He bent down to look closer and he removed some of the moss, only to discover that these were not rocks at all, but the outer rim of an old tree stump. By the looks of it, he understood that this tree must have been chopped or fallen down around 400 to 500 years ago. And yet looking at the remains of the tree stump, he saw that it was still alive. How could a fallen tree stump still be alive after four or 500 years? He knew that the tree stump must be receiving nutrients from the trees around it. The other trees were supporting this stump and keeping it alive. You see, when a tree is sick, the trees around it can send nutrients, kind of like medicine, through their underground roots to help nurture the sick tree back to health. And they don't only use their roots to do this, they can get even more creative. They can also send nutrients to each other through the underground fungal network do you remember episode 11 when we learned all about fungus and mushrooms we learned about mycelium which is this incredible underground web of life that produces the mushrooms that we see in the woods while that underground web of life winds its way around tree roots And the trees can tap into that web of life and use it to send each other nutrients. Isn't it incredible how God's creation works together? It truly is a magnificent and important design. But why do trees want to help each other? If they don't have that Hebrew word nefesh or spirit, and they are not alive in the same way that animals and humans are, Why do they help each other? Well, one reason is that when an ecosystem, that is a natural area supporting living things, is healthy, then the living things in it stay healthier. Just like if your home is clean and healthy, you stay healthier. So the trees help each other stay healthy so that their ecosystem or habitat can thrive. But I think there's a deeper reason why trees help each other. At creation, God made plants to reproduce and make more plants. Listen to Genesis 1, to 12. Then God said, let the earth produce plants, some to make grain for seeds and others to make fruits with seeds in them. Every seed will produce more of its own kind of plant and it happened the earth produced plants with grain for seeds and trees that made fruits with seeds in them each seed grew its own kind of plant god saw that all this was good god always meant for plants to fill the earth and to thrive and to do well and to bring us happiness and beauty and to provide good smells and sights and food i believe trees help each other because they are following their creator god's command to produce more of their own kind and fill the earth and they can do this better when they work together and how do trees work together think about it this way if you were to work together with your friend to build a fort what is one thing that you would absolutely need Of course, you're going to need materials like maybe wood or a tarp or a rope. But what if you could not talk to your friend at all or use hand motions? Do you think you would work together well and make a good fort? Probably not. Because to work well together, you need communication. You need to be able to share plans with each other. The same is true with trees. For them to work well together, they need to be able to communicate. No, not like that. Trees can't make phone calls or send text messages or emails. Because you see, just like trees are alive in a different way than we are and have friendships different from ours, They also communicate differently than we do. And one way that trees communicate is through scent or smell. I wanna share with you a cool story about how trees use smell to work together. Scientists have studied acacia trees in the African savanna and discovered a very creative way that they work together. You see, giraffes love snacking on these tasty acacia trees but the trees want to protect themselves and not be eaten. So when a giraffe begins snacking on its leaves, the acacia tree sends out this bitter flavor called tannins into its leaves, but the tree doesn't stop there because it also can warn nearby trees of the danger. And so what the acacia tree does is it sends out this scent warning into the air. It produces something called ethylene gas that can warn the nearby trees of danger. And so the trees nearby, when they sense this ethylene gas, they begin immediately sending those bitter flavored tannins out into their leaves to keep the giraffes away. So scientists were observing this and they noticed that when an acacia tree sends that bitter flavor into its leaves, The giraffes get the message, they stop snacking and they move on, but they don't do what you might expect them to do. They don't move right on to the next tree. Instead, they skip several trees until they are about 100 or more feet away from the first tree that sent them packing. This is because the giraffes have discovered the tree's trick and they seem to understand that if the tree they're snacking on sends out these bitter flavors into its leaves, then the surrounding trees have also probably done the same thing. This is a way that trees use scents, that ethylene gas, to communicate and warn each other. And it has been observed in similar ways in other kinds of trees and how they warn each other of things like insect attacks. Has a friend ever done anything to keep you safe? Maybe you were about to walk across a busy path when a friend warned you that a bike was coming fast. Or perhaps a friend told you not to take a specific way to their house because a neighbor's dog was acting aggressively. Or maybe a friend warned you not to step onto the ice at the creek because it's too thin and might crack. Friends want to keep friends safe. And the same is true with trees. Just like God has designed trees with the ability to communicate and warn each other and help each other, He has a beautiful and powerful design for friendships and community in our lives. God doesn't want us to be like a tree all on its own. He wants us to be surrounded by good, healthy friendships that can warn us of danger and support us when we need it. You see, trees don't get to choose who they grow up next to. They grow wherever their seed landed and took root. But we do get to choose who our closest friends are. And while it's okay and can be good to have a lot of friends, it's important that we are mindful about who are our closest friends. Those are the people that you share life with, the ones that influence you. Here are some good questions that you can think about. Who do you spend most of your time with? How do you feel after spending time with your friends? Do you feel inspired, happy, encouraged? Or do you feel bad or uncertain about some things your friends do or say? When you are choosing who you spend most of your time with, it's important to think about your life values. That means what is important to you? Is God important to you? is spending time outside important to you is learning and growing important to you it's important then that you surround yourself with friends who share your values and also think that those things are important when you are rooted next to good friends you have a strong and healthy support system when life gets hard listen to first thessalonians 5 so encourage each other and give each other strength, just as you are doing now. Can you guys picture the trees in the forest supporting each other and giving each other strength through their root system? This is how our friendships should be. Good friends help keep us up or lift us up when we fall. And whether we make a bad choice or we're sad or we're going through a hard time in life, good friends are there. Ecclesiastes 4, 9-10 tells us two people are better than one, because they get more done by working together. If one falls down, the other can help him up. But it is bad for a person who is alone and falls because no one is there to help. If you're not sure your friendships are healthy and helpful, talk with your parent or caregiver. Ask them about your friendships and what they see. Are there any friendships that are unhealthy or dangerous that maybe you need to distance yourself from? Who in your life shares your values and is a good and strong and healthy friend? How can you take care of that friendship? Finally, is there any way that you can help a hurting friend today? Can you send them an encouraging note or draw them a picture or simply remind them that you are there for them? Remember. Who you are rooted next to in life matters. Here's a challenge for this week. Go make a fun memory with a tree and a friend. Here are some ideas. Enjoy a picnic underneath a tree, carefully and with permission, climb a tree, make a fort in a tree, paint a collaborative picture together of a tree, or write a poem or a silly song about a tree. As you're out enjoying trees, remember God's beautiful design of friendship and thank him for the friends in your life. Don't forget to visit the show notes and click on the links for all of our fun resources that go along with this episode. You can download a free coloring sheet as well as the Tree Secrets devotional. And as a member of the Nat Theo Club, you can get a full activity guide to go along with this episode. You can find those at erinlinem.com slash nattheo or at the link in today's show notes. Hey listeners, did you know I have a new book It's called Rooted in Wonder, nurturing your family's faith through God's creation. I wrote it for your parent or caregiver to inspire and equip them in taking you outside and connecting with God in creation. Rooted in Wonder is full of fun activities you can do as a family to explore God's wild and wonderful world. Pick up a copy on Amazon, my website, aaronlinem.com, or wherever you purchase books.